Shaq here, spinning fast-acting pain relief for 2024 with Icy Hot. Take it from me. Sticking to your new workout routines can lead to sore muscles. Icy Hot starts working instantly to dull the pain with the icy cool sensation. Then, the warming sensation relaxes it away. Feel the power of Icy Hot's contrast therapy. Ice works fast. Heat makes it last. Icy Hot. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. The final day of April. Ohio starts reopening tomorrow. The battle with the coronavirus continues. It's this week in the CLE from Cleveland.com. I'm Chris Quinn, the editor at Cleveland.com, and I'm with Jane Cahoon and Laura Johnston for another discussion about coronavirus news. Does it feel like we've completely lost a month here? Um, yeah. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to remember what it was like before. I cannot I, believe it's, it's going to be May. I just I, can't believe it. It just, it feels like April's a blur. Like it just started and it's over. And it's like, what, what, it happened. And that Groundhog Day thing, really, <laughs> it really applies. It's like every day is like, you have every to other think day. about even like what season is it? It's I actually crazy. asked my husband yesterday if he thought the days were going faster or slower. And I actually think they're going faster. And he's like, no, way slower. <laughs> I don't know if it's faster or slower, but what, what I think is, they're unremarkable. It's like, mm -hmm. what, what is a highlight of the past month when every day is like every other day? You have nothing to talk about at dinner with your family. You're like, so how was your day? <laughs> you were here the whole time. And I'm hearing from some people who feel like all we talk about anymore is the coronavirus. But there's a reason for that. It's a big story. So let's begin. I'm confused. Do I have to wear a mask in my Ohio workplace or not? Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has gone back and forth on this, and even though we talked about it on yesterday's episode, confusion still exists. Jane Cahoon, let's not go back over the way the DeWine administration has bounced all over the map on this. Let's just try to simply define what the rules are as we understand them now. So first, the workforce. For people who return to the workplace next week, do they have to wear masks? Yes, they do, except in specific situations, which Lieutenant Governor John Husted laid out during Wednesday's briefing. So these exceptions are when an employee in a particular position is prohibited by law or regulation from wearing a face covering while on the job. Uh, when somebody's wearing, a, when wearing a face covering on the job is against documented industry best practices, when wearing a face covering is not advisable for health purposes, if wearing a face covering is a violation of a company's safety policies, if an employee is sitting alone in an enclosed workspace, or if there's a practical reason that a face covering cannot be worn by an employee. Yeah, I have to say, I was impressed with John Houston yesterday. He did steam to step forward to bring clarity to a number of issues that DeWine, I mean, foggy on. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was rare because John Houston was the, the, the clear thinker. Okay. Yeah. Next shoppers or customers is the state compelling people who frequent any of the reopening businesses to wear masks. 
No, they are not. Houston said customers should wear face coverings, but they're not required by the state. They they don't want to put stores in a position of enforcing a government mandate like that. Yeah, that's that's one of the areas where Houston brought some clarity. He said the stores they don't object to customers wearing masks, but they objected to being put into the role of compelling people to mask. But the stores can require people to wear masks, and some, like Costco, have announced they will do so. How is that different from enforcing it as a state rule? Well, stores like Costco have made the decision that this is their own policy and they're taking responsibility for enforcing it. Uh, they they won't be enforcing a mandate from government, but it's it's their own policy that, that that they will take care of. So the the rub was they didn't want to act as police agents for the state. They're fine with enforcing a mask rule, but it's their rule, not a state law. Right, right. Okay, so Dewine does believe that businesses should require masks, right? Yes, he does. And Dr. Amy Acton, the state's health director, made yet another impassioned plea for Ohioans to adopt this practice and to protect their fellow Ohioans. Okay, well, it took us three days to get there, but I think we actually have some clarity. When you go to work, you likely will have to wear a mask. When you frequent a business, you should wear one and the business could make you wear one. And I think from someone from Amy Acton's office is listening to this podcast because she stole our seatbelt law analogy yesterday. You're listening to This Week in the CLE. Did Ohio Governor Mike DeWine ban high school graduations after saying he would allow them? This one is as nearly as confusing as the mask issue in Ohio. We talked about it yesterday because we were, quite frankly, baffled that the governor would allow high school graduations in spite of his coronavirus shutdown orders. As we said, DeWine said he had a soft spot for graduations and would allow them if schools figured out how to cope with social distancing rules. That seemed impossible to us and now apparently to the governor. Jane Cahoon. (laughs) Well, the governor on Wednesday had to own up to the fact that he caused confusion on Tuesday when he announced that graduations could be held as long as they did the proper social distancing. Well, uh, he had to clarify that Wednesday by saying, that if a school does want to hold some kind of in-person ceremony, there can't be any more than 10 people there because it would violate the mass gatherings order that's in place now. Which makes having a graduation with 10 people (laughs) is kind of pointless. So what can people do to make the graduation feel festive? So So they put out specific guidelines on this. And first, the, the biggest thing is that They're telling schools that they prefer virtual ceremonies, remote ceremonies. And then they suggested, well, maybe they could do like a drive-in ceremony where where students drive to a designated location at a designated time to pick up their diplomas. And then they said, well, maybe they could do something outdoors. But once again, 10 people or fewer who are socially distanced. That drive-in thing seems creepy to me. It seems like <laughs> it's a mimicking a drug deal. Yeah. So, so the virtual one would be like the things we're seeing with orchestras around the world where you'd have 20 faces on the screen at a time and call out their names and they'd make silly faces and then it would just cycle through. Right. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this is Laura Johnston. Colleges are having virtual ceremonies starting this weekend, and they're having guest speakers come and talk for an hour or so. And I think 
you're just watching them. I don't know how much of a part the graduates are actually playing in them. But um, in, in high school, like in Bay Village, I saw some families are decorating their houses for their senior kids. In Rocky River, the police department's going to lead a senior parade through town. I even saw that Oriental... Parade of vehicles. Parade of vehicles. Yeah, sorry. So like the seniors will be in their cars. Sure, they'll be decorated. And then everybody else can stand in their own yard and wave at them. Um, Oriental Trading Company is even selling graduation car decorating kits in different color schemes. <laughs> oh, boy. Because car I'm parade. I'm off the roads on graduation <laughs> day. This is like when I was a senior and we got in our cars. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, because car parades and yard signs are just about the only way people have to celebrate anything right now. My My kids are going to birthday car parades tonight and tomorrow. So this is like this entirely new weird way of celebrating um, big occasions. Jane, do you think they're getting a little bit weary in Columbus? I mean, the governor made a misstep on the masks. He made a misstep on graduations, and it has not been like him in this crisis. Is he just worn out from all that he's been doing the past two or three months? Do we Should we give the guy a break? You know, he's got to be exhausted, don't you think? I mean, he spends all day long in meetings and on the phone with various factions coming at him from various directions. And, and planning every step of this response while, while trying to run the state. So it, it's understandable if he's weary. So I guess we have to cut him some slack. And, and he's getting these questions. You know, I mean, I think the graduation thing came up in a question on Tuesday. It wasn't like something he had planned to announce. And he's just like trying to answer these questions that people are throwing at him on things that he hasn't thought about. Like I think Laura Hancock asked about libraries this week. And he just doesn't have the answer to everything yet. Right. So I think he's trying to make some people happy, but it's I, hard. Yeah, that's what I, I mean, I feel, I feel bad for the guy because he's been standing up day after day for what, six weeks or more, honestly answering questions. I mean, I don't think anybody is questioning his honesty in these things. The same with Amy Acton and the same with John, poor John Houston who keeps getting beat up on unemployment because it's not fixed yet. <laughs> I, and and so I, you kind of feel bad that, you know, they're taking it on the chin because of the mass confusion and the graduation confusion. But but overall, they have done an extraordinarily good job and you hate to see something like this overtake it. So I guess we should give them some slack. It's this week in the CLE. Are Ohio colleges planning on bringing students back in the fall in spite of the coronavirus? We're at the zero hour for colleges to make this decision because of all the planning needed for campuses to reopen safely. Laura Johnston, what do we know? Case Western Reserve University plans to offer both online and in-person classes in the fall. The thinking is that international students definitely won't be able to come back, but the hope is that others can. Most other colleges are are kind of playing the wait and see game. I think the... Um... You know, the idea is college kids are young, not very vulnerable to COVID-19. And if they're on campus, they're not going back and forth to homes where their vulnerable parents are. But the college does have professors of an advanced age and support staff. How do you run a college campus filled with kids coming from all over the place and, and maintain social distancing and keep everybody safe? Did Case say what it's doing to address that? It did not. I'm sure they're still trying to make plans, but those are some really good points. Apparently in Indiana at Purdue University, there's a plan that involves extensive testing and contact tracing, which I know is a goal, but most places aren't there yet. 
We've talked on previous episodes about how COVID-19 has just crippled downtown Cleveland. No one's working there. No one's going down there for entertainment. The city's going to lose a gigantic portion of its income tax budget. The future is really bleak. University Circle, though, the home of Case Western Reserve, is in a very different place. It has the college, and if the kids come back, there's commerce. It has the hospitals where people have to come to work. There's not a lot of working from home if you're treating people. So while downtown's future is bleak, University Circle might be okay if they can get people to carry out their days responsibly. Oh, yeah, because college kids are so well known for their responsible behavior. Um, But you're right. University Circle also has museums, many of which have large endowments. So they're not running out of money, although Severance Hall has issues. But you can see something like the art museum being able to reopen with social distancing since the space is vast and you can't touch anything anyway. So, yeah, it it looks a little brighter than downtown. We should point out that Case did say they're going to do both remote and in-person learning. So if a parent is worried about their kid going to the campus, they'll be able to do what all the school kids are doing this month. Um, how, how many other colleges have made a decision? Do we know? I, I don't think there's any hard decisions. The University of Dayton is looking at a spectrum of options. My alma mater, Miami, is looking at expanding remote classes. Youngstown State has a task force that's studying options. What's complicating this is the millions of dollars the pandemic is costing colleges. Kent State plans to reduce its budget by 20% for 2021 to offset a $110 million loss. University of Akron has announced it's making deep cuts because of losses. So this is kind of um, a two-time problem for the the schools. Now, like we said, it's the zero hour. They have to decide this soon. They can't wait until the last minute. I imagine Case is building a massive communication plan with students and parents to make sure they come back and behave safely. So we'll look for more announcements in the coming weeks. You're listening to This Week in the CLE. How many coronavirus cases are there in Ohio nursing homes? Jane Cahoon, we got some big numbers Wednesday. What are they? Yeah, the Ohio Department of Health did its uh, weekly data report on on nursing homes on Wednesday. And 2,095 nursing home patients and staff have tested positive for the virus. And this involves dozens of facilities. And that's up from 1,477 a week earlier. And 276 people in nursing homes have died from COVID-19. And that includes 29 in, in Cuyahoga County. Nursing homes have turned out to be pretty big incubators of COVID-19. And let's face it, the people in them are the most vulnerable populations, old people with lots of health conditions living in close quarters. Our data guru, Rich Exner, did a piece Wednesday showing just how much the coronavirus can spread in a nursing home. This one was in Tomage. Yes, a nursing home called Colony Healthcare Center decided to be proactive and test all of its 104 residents and 105 staff members so that they could isolate the ones who were positive. And it turned out 59 of the residents tested positive, as well as several staff members. And most had not been showing any symptoms before that. Was it that they never got sick or were they just not showing symptoms when they were tested and later got sick? Yeah, some got sick later and, in fact, were hospitalized. And the remaining ones have been separated from the residents who who tested negative. 
I wonder whether we'll see some studies when this is over that identify the best practices for protecting nursing home residents from pandemics in the future. They're kind of sitting ducks. And as these numbers show, a lot of people are getting sick. It's this week in the CLE. What should a business do to clean its offices to make them safe for returning Ohio workers? The federal government took this question and put out guidelines for workplaces, businesses, schools, and even homes. Jane Cahoon, what's the answer? Is it complicated? No, it's it's pretty much what you'd expect. Cleaning surfaces, followed by disinfecting with and they had a whole list of products that they they the federal government recommends. And if you don't want to use any of those products, you could mix a third cup of bleach into a gallon of water for a disinfectant or use some 70% alcohol. But you shouldn't inject it, right? No matter what the president says. <laughs> and no, and you shouldn't mix bleach and other disinfecting products together. Yeah, uh, that, can, that can create really poisonous <laughs> in close yes. quarters. Ohio Health Director Amy Acton said yesterday that regular cleaning is important as it helps to catch whatever you might miss with a single cleaning. So coming back over and over again with disinfectant matters. Yes, frequent disinfection of uh, surfaces that are touched by a lot of people like doorknobs, tabletops, etc. You know, with all this talk <laughs> of what it takes to protect the workplace, I, I keep falling back on why would anybody go back to the workplace? Yeah. And it's just, it's a threat. You're, and, and, and so many people have worked from home. I, you know, I get it. Manufacturers have to get people back because that's an in-person thing. But the cubicle farms and the offices, I can't understand why any employer would want to bring the people back. Anyway, it's not rocket science. It's just basic cleaning and things people are doing all their lives, right? Right. It's just that you have to keep doing it over and over and over again. Okay. It's this week in the CLE. Do I need a doctor's order to get tested for the coronavirus? Not anymore, right, Laura Johnston? No doctor's note needed. Rite Aid will now test anyone that's experiencing COVID-19 symptoms at 25 drive-up self-swab testing locations, and that includes one in Parma and one near Akron. Until now, you had to call your doctor, persuade them to prescribe a test, right? And let's face it, people who were young were told, we're not testing you. Uh, and you had to hit some pretty specific symptom thresholds to get tested, which has been criticized because what that did is it kept people at home until they were really sick, and then it was harder to to treat them. Yeah. Now that we've expanded testing capacity, people have an easier way to find out whether they have the virus or not. So there's enough kits out there where, where Rite Aid feels that they can just have people come up and do it. Do you yeah, need... They, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> they do need it. You can't just like crowd up there to Rite Aid and like hope they can serve you. You need an appointment for it. It's not like McDonald's. Right. Right. No drive through. Uh, just like McDonald's, you have to pre-register, schedule an appointment and then swab yourself when you get there. Under the guidance of somebody who knows what they're doing. Right. And these are the short swabs, not the ones that, that reach back to the back of your brain. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because you're doing it yourself. So that should be a little bit easier. OK. It's this week in the CLE. What will the restaurant experience be when they reopen? We talked about this a while back after we had interviewed a few people about their thoughts, but reporter Mark Bona and then Ann Nikoloff have talked to a lot of people now, and they published the story with plenty of details. Or Johnston, how bad is the news? 
There are a lot of things that I had not thought about that Mark and Annie got into. Not, not only will there be no buffets or salad bars, but we'll have single serve condiment packets instead of bottles of ketchup on the table. There likely won't be bread baskets or shareable appetizers like fries. Menus and napkins will likely be paper. Tables will be more spread out. And no one really knows what's going to happen with bar service and just walking up and ordering a beer. What about places like Masthead Brewery, which have those long communal tables that were inviting people to you know, sit together, meet people they didn't know? Right. That was a trend in restaurants and no more. One party per table only. Will tables have hand sanitizer? Will people have wipes that they can use to clean their own silverware to be sure that they're not being contaminated? Likely. I think restaurants are going to do whatever they can to make people feel safe. I can also see people bringing their own or having those disposable packs, you know, that are all sealed up in plastic that come with the, the spork and a, a napkin and a little that's, salt. But that's so salt. low rent, man. That's like, <laughs> what about those bowls of mince by the door as you leave? Did you really ever eat those before? I mean, no, those were always disgusting. Pretty gross. All right. It's this week in the CLE. I got to say, I'm not in a rush to get back to restaurants. We're eating really well at home without worrying about the coronavirus. What about you? I, I mean, we just keep cooking. I feel like our fridge is incredibly full. Um, and then my kids are eating pasta all day, every day. So they never eat leftovers. <laughs> So I don't go out to eat all that frequently anyway, or I didn't before anyway. And I also, I like to cook at home. So no, I'm not, I'm not in a rush at all to go back. Although, you know, it would be nice to go to a patio sometime and, and dine out maybe, maybe someday. I was thinking, I was thinking about this and I think part of the idea about going to restaurants was meeting friends and you still can't do that. So I mean, do you really want to go with the same people you're with all the time? <laughs> well, but it, it's a change of scenery. Look, if Cleveland were to close down some streets and the restaurant districts and spread tables out on those streets outside, because the evidence is getting clearer and clearer that this thing really doesn't transfer from person to person outside. So if you put tables out on a street with some distance between them, you know, come on. Tell, you, you, are you telling me, Laura, that you wouldn't love to put the family in the car and go somewhere where... Yeah, it, it's a, you know, you're outside and it looks different. I I would. I think I think you're right. And and people are going to be looking for that. But it's not it's not going to feel like that celebratory, like fun night out atmosphere when you're getting served by someone in a mask and you're worried about the people around you. I just I don't think it can. Yeah, you're right. I guess the whole time you're sitting there, you'd be wondering how much risk am I taking of my family getting sick and then are we the ones that get really sick? So yeah, I, I'm, I am in no rush. I don't want to go anywhere where I'm going to get this thing. I'm perfectly happy doing what we're doing. Okay. Short episode. Thanks for listening to this week in the CLE. We'll be back tomorrow to close out the week. Mm -hmm.